Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, what's up, what's up? It is a Sunday up, night live edition of the Georgia Show. I uh, hope everyone's enjoying a nice, safe Labor Day weekend. We're going to wrap up uh, this Georgia-Oregon butt whooping and kind of start to look ahead to what's going on the rest of the week. And, you know, since the last time we spoke, we've had some finals and other college football games that are important to the dogs. So we want to uh, take a look at what that might mean for the rest of the season. But, uh, fellas, great work yesterday. Palmer, you crushed it from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And, Roe, your first weekend with Dogs HQ, you held it down, man. I appreciate it, man. I just uh, – right now I'm on to Sanford. I'm on to Sanford. Just <laughs> wondering if Georgia can beat Sanford. We're on to Sanford. Yeah, yeah we, we really respect them. You guys probably don't think that they're all that good, but we do in, in inside here at uh, – Listen, I, at listen, UGA. I know Chris Hatcher. <laughs> I coached for him about 22 years ago. Uh, he's a great coach. He's going to have a great plan in here, and we're going to have to do our best to get ready to stop him. Who, who invited Kirby Smart onto the show tonight? Yeah, I know, right? We, uh, we, uh, you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, he says those same things over and over again, and it's, it gets old over the years, but at the same time, like, there's, there is an element of truth to kind of how he thinks about that because, you know, in order to kind of have that whole Saban process type thing, I mean, you've got to kind of, you've got to at least try to treat everybody the same. So, yeah, I think it like the more you fool yourself, the more that you continue to say the same things, you actually start to believe it. Uh, yeah. It has me wondering how many times the over and under will be set at uh, Kirby's quotes about a punter. We briefly touched on that last night, Jake, but look, Brett Thorson only punted one time. So there's not a lot of game film for Kirby to analyze right now to see how good his punter actually is. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you, though, man. Sometimes I think about the ridiculousness that could come out of his mouth, you know, and that's one of them, being like, I wish we'd gotten to see a little bit more out of our punter. You know, we we need to know what we're dealing with there. Uh, But see, that's what I would do. That's why I can't be a head football coach in college, because that's what I would do. I would just mess with guys like Palmer the whole time. Is is that the only reason, Wes? That's the only reason. That's the only thing keeping me from it. Uh, Glenn Hartley already in here early with the Go Dogs. Uh, the excitement after this Georgia 49-3 win carrying over to our YouTube stream as well. Glenn Hartley, again, big O is a beast. And, yeah, Oregon learned that the hard way. Yeah, they did. Coach 30 had a uh, had a good time with uh, with uh, Darnell Washington's little catch out in the flat. And uh, I didn't realize it, but, uh, but dude that tried to tackle him was like almost just tried to create a hurdle for him. I mean, he literally just kind of got sideways and and bent, you know, got down and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna try to trip you. Jump me, please." What, um, what did he but, say? What did Coach Thirty say? Getting getting out of the way, getting tossed to the side like a uh, grape tomatoes on a salad. Grape, grape tomatoes on a salad. Yeah, or cherry tomatoes that? on a salad. Coach Thirty, you ever see Coach Thirty videos? <laughs> no. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's like you, Wes. He's a little bit of a social media sensation. Three year, you know, is it like three year Letterman? Uh, no, no. This guy, he, he's like he pretends he's a coach breaking down film. 
Oh, okay. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah, that guy. Yeah. I've seen. And, and and he, uh, I mean, he it gets pretty vulgar and yeah. very funny. But uh, yeah, he said that. Uh, you know, the guy that's authentic. Yeah, the the guy that initially tried to tackle him, he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, you got tossed to the side like cherry tomatoes on a salad. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, he had some, he had some good ones. But uh, it was it, it was a fun one, and I think everybody knew that was kind of coming uh, for for Oregon in this one. <clears throat> yeah, I'm kind of guilty today. I haven't been on the internet uh, all that much, um, so I missed all the viral reaction to uh, things outside. You know, Kirby talks about the external factors. I don't know any of the external factors other than what Dogs HQ's been working on, and you guys have been crushing it. Um, uh, good opportunity now to remind everyone if you're not already signed up uh let's try out that one dollar for a year subscription over at dogs hq for some of the premium stuff that jake and uh palmer have been putting out palmer 0.27 cents per day palmer tell me uh what did you uh crank out today <clears throat> on the premium side what are y'all uh what are y'all putting up there for the people to enjoy that are subscribers uh, so <clears throat> kick the day off with, uh, rest and react. It's a piece that I started last year was actually my first piece, uh, after, um, after publishing my why dogs HQ, uh, was my first piece last year after the Clemson game kind of got the, you know, at, at, growing up, read a lot of, uh, Adam Lucas is somebody who writes on North Carolina. Jake's probably going to give me a hard time. Uh, about having allegiances to Carolina like he did yesterday, but uh, he's got a rapid reaction. So I, uh, I, I needed a, some sort of reactions type piece and uh, you know, I, I needed my rest after that Clemson game. So I was rest and react uh, and that carries over into year two here. So that kicked the day off for me, uh, premium stuff, snap counts, looking at pro football focus, uh, you know, interesting to look at some of those things. Uh, see who played, who didn't, uh, you know, the, the standouts from that, the observations from that, um, you know, and, and just, you know, a lot of good stuff today, reaction pieces uh, from today or from yesterday's action. Yeah, so, I, I actually didn't put, have uh, anything on the premium side today. I did a report card, which is something that uh, I really want us to try and use to, um, you know, get, you know, get everybody involved. You know I mean? We're not just about, um, you know, we, we definitely are, uh, you know, uh, involved and, and committed to our community over at dogs, 20, uh, dogs, uh, HQ. God, I, I did it again. I almost did it again the other day, uh, dogs HQ. Uh, but, but at the same time, like we also want to appeal to a broader audience to kind of let them in and see what kind of content we're writing. So I, I made the, uh, I put the uh, report card out there to everybody. It should be up on Facebook right about now. Um, and uh, wrote on Stetson winning the uh, Walter Camp Award. And since my man Palmer, you guys get, get you guys get to get into something I hadn't even talked to Palmer yet. Since my man Palmer did snap counts, I decided not to do our freshman report because I felt I felt like that would be redundant. Um, you know, he's already showing everybody kind of what freshmen played. I may get to that tomorrow morning for the masses. Uh, but we got media day tomorrow. Uh, so it's going to be turned to page quick for us. Uh, you know, happy Labor Day to everybody else out there. <laughs> On to Samford. Yeah, uh, Samford came to town a few years ago. Um, it wasn't particularly close. No. Uh, but as you mentioned earlier, Jake, the Hatcher family, that history for Kirby, something he wanted to 
you know, give a little bit of a handout, maybe line that series up and help yeah. out his dad's alma mater as well. What was that? 2017 that they came into town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was, I believe that was Jake Fromm's first home start. Uh, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Yep. Cause it was yeah, App State. he didn't road. start, started yeah. Notre Dame mm-hmm. and then came home, started versus Sanford. And then I think they start got Mississippi state the next week. And uh, I think it was probably that Mississippi State game before we realized that Georgia team was for real, um, you know, because they kind of did a lot like they had a lot of similarities between that team and last year's team, just in terms of how they just blew everybody out, uh, except for, you know, one team there in the regular season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Sanford came into town then and, you know, they whipped it around a little bit. I believe they had a quarterback named Devlin Hodges, who I remember. <laughs> Duck. Duck Hodges, that's right. God, I forgot he I forgot he actually came onto the scene in the NFL. God, I forgot about Duck Hodges. Look, it all comes the, full with circle, the Steelers, right? right? It does. It does. But yeah, I remember um, you know, I was covering a uh um, you know, when I worked at Rivals, there was a Rivals underclassmen's challenge. And we're out in DeSoto, Texas. And guys, when I tell you that our feet were almost melting to the turf and mm-hmm. at DeSoto High School in July, I am not joking. It was bad. We had there were kids out here just running and doing their thing and, and, and competing and whatever, and they were fine, right? But we had we had people working that camp. I wasn't one of them, thank goodness. But we had people working that camp that were like sitting down on the sideline with towels on their necks and heads between their knees. I mean, it was bad. Uh, but I, I'll always remember Devlin Hodges' family. He brought the whole crew to Texas from from Alabama. And dude, it was he had his own cheering section. They were the loudest people there. I mean, the support system was awesome. And uh, but yeah, I mean, then then you know, fast forward several years, he's he's quarterback at Sanford. And then fast forward a few more years, and he's getting brought up on you know, pardon my take with Big Cat and <laughs> uh, PFT commenter and those guys. So it's just kind of a a wild ride for him. All right. Uh, in all seriousness, guys, uh, Sanford is Sanford. Okay. Seriousness with that photo up there. Let's let's uh look, the leather helmet will never not be a hit with these guys. Did you see the video of all the players passing it around? Yes. I mean, COVID just basically didn't happen, I guess. No. Like, that that's how quickly we've moved on. That leather helmet hey, touched I, every I'm, single I'm Georgia player's head. I'm disappointed that they didn't do some sort of media handout and give all the media members a, a leather helmet because if I, if I had that thing, I'd be wearing it right now. I would yeah, well, too. You know, when the funny would, thing was I'll back it. in I'll take that thing home. Make, yeah, they made Kirby wear that thing in 2016. And we put, you know, I remember posting the story to Facebook and everything, and people were commenting, I can't believe you did that. Now our rivals are going to point to that photo every time something happens. Because it was so goofy. I mean, it was so bad that Georgia fans were like, take it down, take it down. Well, they can point uh, to it, it now. used it a couple times this week. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, it's funny because he, chance- took, he took a picture that looks a lot like that old one where he it, – it's crazy. I'm going to try to line it up here. Um, but he's – yeah, he, he's got the leather helmet back on. It fits him like a glove and – Georgia loves this Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Sorry, Kirby, uh, sorry to those of you who are listening to this on podcast, by the way. Oh, that's fine. Y'all just yeah. need to y'all need to get with it and get on our YouTube. Yeah, you, you guys will be catching this on Monday morning. Pro- so, oh so look God. so look at that picture. All right. And then I'm gonna uh pull up the original one from 2016. 
I almost think he tried to do it again. My man, my man right there led Georgia to a national championship. Yep. He looks he looks like Coach Klein from uh uh Waterboy. Mr. Coach Klein. <laughs> Something's going on in my photos. Anyway, Kirby likes the leather helmet, the dog's uh roll against Oregon. From what y'all saw yesterday, uh the Florida game hadn't gone final when we were talking. I think there were some some vibes that maybe Georgia wasn't gonna have to sweat too much. But did y'all catch that Florida game? Did y'all happen to think that, you know, maybe Florida is a little bit more serious than uh, Georgia fans might have predicted coming in? You know, I, Wes, I got to take a little credit here. I, uh, in our staff picks, uh, I picked Florida to win outright uh, in that game. I, I thought that Florida, their speed and, uh, and, and their, the new regime, you know, guys just always seem to kind of buy in pretty quick and they fight hard. You know, a lot of times the biggest deficit for a new program is talent. You know, the, the, the previous coach got fired for a reason, and usually that's because he didn't have enough talent. And we all know Dan Mullen did not like to recruit. Um, I felt like Florida had enough of that to, to hang with uh, Utah, especially at home. But then all of a sudden, uh, uh, you know, you started to kind of see, you know, you started to kind of analyze things. You're like, man, Florida's fast, and Anthony Richardson may be the better, best athlete on either team. And, um, you know, I think Florida got a little fortunate there to win that game there at the end. Uh, but I thought they played really hard, and that's what that's what kind of matters there. I mean, there was so much more fight in that defense. I don't know what Palmer expected out of that game, though. Mm. Yeah, I only caught the fourth quarter, uh, tail end of the fourth quarter, and I was at a uh, house with a bunch of Georgia grads and one Florida grad that snuck his way in there, uh, and so that he was <laughs> – he was uh, loud mouthing a little bit, and some Georgia folks were uh, ready to uh, get get him out of the, kick him to the door, uh -huh. show him to the door. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I you know, I was impressed. I you know, I I admittedly I said that I thought Utah was gonna uh, in my season predictions had Utah as the four seed in the playoff. Still think, uh, you know, if if everything played out perfectly, there's still a chance that that could happen. Uh, but but they certainly lost any leverage that they might have had, uh, you know, room for error that they might have had losing to Florida. Um, you know, I, I think it, it's probably good for Georgia, though, because now you're looking at, uh, you know, you're looking at a Florida team that, uh, you know, could is, is certainly going to get some national attention uh, will be interesting. Obviously, a lot of football to be played in, before they take on Georgia in Jacksonville. Uh, but, you know, I think that they earned themselves a lot of national respect last night to, you know, how, how I mean, how long has it been since Florida was out of the preseason top 25? I, I think that's I heard good. not. A, it hasn't been recent. That's for sure. I might have heard somewhere that it was the first time uh, I could have I could have completely mistaken that. Uh, I do think it was the first time that LSU has been out of the top 25 uh, in the preseason. And, and so, you know, I think that. A big win over a uh, top 10 team. Certainly, like you said, Jake, new regime gets the guys going, uh, you know, gets people buying in and earns a lot of respect nationally. Uh, Eric Harrison comments and says that AR will give Georgia some issues because he's lightning fast. Spread will probably be Georgia eight and a half. And uh, Glenn Hartley, our comment champion tonight, says stop AR from running and you shut down Florida. So it's as easy as that, guys. Um, yeah, they, to, they, uh, the outside weapons aren't there 
for sure. The outside weapons for Florida wasn't weren't really there, and and mm-hmm. I thought you know Utah looked like looked pretty slow uh, as a football, just overall team speed. But you know, good win for Florida though, really good win, and a big one for Billy Napier for sure. What'd y'all think about the uh, Ohio State Notre Dame game? I I kind of expected, even though Notre Dame's number five, I'm not saying they're totally overrated, but I did expect if Ohio State's going to be as elite as everyone says they're going to be, I, I thought they'd handle Notre Dame a little bit more decisively and earlier than they did. Pretty, uh, I think it was probably just an off night for Ohio State offensively, um, based on what we know about them offensively. I really like that tailback. It came in there after Travion mm-hmm. Anderson. Cannot remember his name, but God, they couldn't tackle him. Uh, Notre Dame was number three. That's all I know. He was yeah, stout. number three, number three. And uh, Notre Dame's abysmal on offense. I mean, I'm not. Uh, Ohio State probably played some pretty good defense last night, but Notre Dame is abysmal on the offensive side of the football, and they are missing a uh, a quarterback right now, and that's uh, that's something they need badly. They'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah. Again, caught the tail end of that one late third, all of the fourth, and uh, you know by the time that I was I was getting in, it, it felt like Ohio State was about to run away with it. Um, you know, ultimately they they win by what eleven. Um, you know, Notre Dame covers. Uh, you know, good teams win, great teams cover. Notre Dame <laughs> covered, but uh, you know, it's, it's, again, you know, we're talking about a new coach, new regime. Uh, you know, I think that they've got they, I think that they've got a good one in, in Marcus Freeman, uh, you know, n- not the ideal outcome for game one. Uh, but, you know, a, a lot of coaches don't have the best out- outcome in their first career game. Well, with I, I mentioned all those games because I think the Florida Florida game is notable for Georgia in the conference. I think the Ohio State game is notable from a national landscape perspective, but I don't know if anyone looked better than Georgia did. Um, here's Kirby Smart after the game last night talking about how unpredictable Stetson can be and how that's not ultimately what he wants him to do. But sometimes you just can't help but let Stetson be Stetson. And also, he pays a pretty high compliment to the staff that he's assembled on this year's Georgia team. Something to him being the starting quarterback the whole time, right? Like if he had, we had rotated ones and twos and you guys had debated who the starter was, would he have played this well today? I don't know. I don't think Stetson really gets affected by anything I do, you do, or anybody does. Stetson lives in his own world, and he does a really good job of blocking out all the noise. The guy had a flip phone, okay, in 2021. So he doesn't really get into all that, and I think that's what his kind of edge is. All right, and he, he made some plays that he didn't make the right decisions on today. He, he knows those. He knows his mistakes. He's got to be smart. He does things that maybe we don't ask him to do, but he did make some plays with his feet. And I think you take the good, and I'm not going to call it bad, but you take the good with his poor decisions. Front row in the middle. Go ahead. Hey, Kirby, what was the question you wanted answered today, and did you get what you were looking for? Yeah, I want to come out and play aggressive. And I told our team. I don't care about the results of the game. I don't care about any. All I care about is did you come out and play aggressive? And we tried to make it really simple. And I thought they came out and played aggressive. I thought we called the game aggressive. I thought Coach Monken, I thought Coach Schumann did a tremendous job with both their staffs. Our staff is the best it's ever been. We've got a great staff right now, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's awesome because we've got you know, a great – we've always had good staff, but we've got a really great staff right now in terms of – and guys enjoying to work together and putting plans together. And I thought they did a great job of doing that. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So when you hear Kirby Smart say that and uh, you're not a Georgia uh, Bulldog, to hear Kirby say that his staff is the best they've ever had, that's pretty scary stuff. I feel like he's, I feel like he's only saying that because of Todd Hartley's mustache. Uh, I haven't seen the mustache. Oh, is it, are these brother, photos out somewhere? It's good. It, it's good, dude. It's Spencer Strider level. Uh, good, man. It's a, it is a, it is a, Todd's um, a Georgia boy, so I know he's probably – Tipping his cap. Man, I'm not going to lie. I almost threw some mustache mustache slang out there for a second. It, I mean, I just don't know any family-friendly mustache slang. So it was almost uh, almost get got docked by YouTube there. But, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's got a good one. And, no, I mean, but, but if you think about it, man, I mean, Will Muschamp, with his experience and the things that he's been through as head coach, I mean. There it is. Come in and, and probably his <laughs> – yeah, I mean, look at that. Look at it. If you put some curly hair on his head, you just be like, it's a boy, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, him Good and his – uh, and his, coach. Yeah, yeah, that's – I mean, the, the best recruiting tight end coach in the country. I mean, the dude's got the most talented Shit. room in the country for his position. You just can't argue with that guy. I mean, and – you know what a savant. I mean, he's he's done the tremendous job. But I mean, but but to get back to the point, Will Muschamp, right? I mean, all this head coaching experience, all this mentor ability. I mean, he's mentored guys like Kirby Smart, and and you know he's had relationships with a lot of different guys. He comes from that saving tree, but he's done it on his own, and he's failed. And a lot of times, I think sometimes a lot of times I think when you failed, you're better qualified to maybe you know get along with people. You've been humbled. Um, he's rich. He's got a lot of money from payouts, so he's probably paying for a lot of dinners, and people like him a lot. Um, you know, and then you know you got Todd Monken, who, I mean, just continues to get better and continues to do those things. You know, Todd Hartley's doing a great job. There's a lot of continuity, you know. There, I mean, I know Stacy Searles is new, but you know, Trey Scott's been around forever. <laughs> Dell McGee's been around forever. I mean, there there are a lot of coaches when you look back. There are a lot of coaches to have been with Kirby Smart either from his second year or, or from the very start. And I think that's that's as important as anything. Uh, well, and Palmer. they've got a really – what I was going to say, oh, from Dawson, yeah. keep in mind the Ohio State <laughs> number one receiver was hurt early in the game. I yeah. recognize that. I recognize that woman. That uh, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, on that topic, uh, you know, I, I think as you're talking about the assistant coaches and the staff, you know, Jake, you didn't even mention the two, you know, two new young guys that they've brought in. I, I think that they bring in a lot of, uh, you know, excitement. Um, There's a reason I didn't mention one of those guys. <laughs> I, I know that reason. Uh, Chidero Uzo-Deribe and, and Fran Brown, of course, is who we're, we're referring to. Yeah. Um, look, that, that's just it's great news for Georgia to hear that. Uh, it, it's like the vision that Kirby's wanted, I think, and, and it's morphed a little bit. The narrative early on in Kirby's career was 
hey, I'm just going to, you know, let Jim Chaney do what he wants to a certain extent. But now we're seeing Todd Munkin fully just have the keys of this Lamborghini and look at it. It's pretty sweet. Um, one thing I do want to uh, address, guys, as Glenn Hartley again weighing in, uh, are there any injuries uh, that the Dogs fans out there need to know about after this game? Palmer, that's uh, that's your purview. Uh, no, no, not to my knowledge. You know, Chris Smith went down, uh, you know, was attended to on the field, but came off, uh, you know, and, and as you pointed out on the board today, Jake, he spoke with the media and, and that is typically a pretty big sign towards, you know, he is okay. Uh, you know, he told us after the game that it was a little bit of a stinger, uh, delivered a hard hit there, but, um, you know, ultimately I think that that was a wake up call for Kirby, and the rest of that great staff that he's assembled to get some of these starters out of the game, to get some of these, you know, get, get the young guys in, uh, you know, as you go back and you look at that snap count that we referenced earlier, there's a lot of guys that didn't play as many snaps as you might expect, but they were also out of the game mid third quarter because they were getting in a lot of the younger guys that did get a lot more snaps than they might get in a normal game. Uh, speaking yeah, of- I'll say this about Chris Smith real quick though. Not going to shock me at all if he's limited some this week in practice uh, just for precautionary reasons and maybe even not even play this coming week against Sanford. Uh, kind of turn all of that over to Malachi Starks. They trust Dan Jackson and maybe go with it like that. You know, big trip to Columbia coming up after this coming week. So It, it, it reminds me, if you look back at last year's uh, Tennessee game, Nolan Smith got banged up. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they were up big in that one. They, they end up, you know, taking him out. He doesn't come back in the game. Uh, maybe he spoke with the media afterwards. He was he was typically typically one of the guys that we talked to. Uh, but you know he did not play the next week against Charleston Southern, but totally could have. Um, yeah. So you know we'll, we'll we'll see some practice tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll see what Smith looks like out there. Um, but like you said, Jake would not be a huge surprise if he if he wasn't suited up uh, or, or or was limited against Samford. Speaking of those guys that uh, got to be pulled early, didn't have to play the full game due to the score, uh, Chris Smith and Dan Jackson were asked about keeping Oregon out of the end zone late in the game when Oregon was still trying to make a push. Uh, And here is Christopher Smith making his appearance. As uh, it indicates, he's going to be good to go. You know, that was one of the biggest moments in the game for our defense, you know. you know, we had some younger guys in, but they stood up and uh, did what we needed to uh, do. And uh, no score right there was huge. Yeah, one of our one of our mottos is no one in our end zone, and you know we definitely pride ourselves on that. Even up to the to all zeros hit on the clock, and you know um, twos and threes were able to get in and get some good experience. But uh, like I said, we wanted to hold the standard, and they did a great job of that. Um, Bam, but don't break. Last question I want to ask you guys, and this isn't a hot take. This isn't a me just really really digging for some engagement here but i saw some buzz on twitter so you know it's got to be legit you know it's got to be you know rooted in the truth could stetson bennett win the heisman this season no no chance not gonna happen um if he does uh i don't know man i may fake my own death uh i just don't i just don't see it why, happening. why would you fake your own death uh, I don't know, man. Just I, I always try to think of something ridiculous to say in those situations, but I just I don't know, man. I I don't see it happening. I, I know I'm probably pissing some Georgia fans off. Those same Georgia fans probably were like, yeah, we're hating on them. 
fire steps in last year, whatever. Um, I'm sorry. I just, I mean, I would, uh, I would unload the bank account. If somebody would give me like, if somebody would give me minus 200, you know, bet 200 to win a hundred, I'd empty the bank account on him to not win the Heisman. And that I still think he's going to have a fantastic year. Don't get me wrong. I think he's going to throw for a lot of yards. Sticking by my prediction, this is going to be the most prolific passing game um, and and likely offense um, under Kirby Smart, but not going to win the Heisman. So I'll chime in. Uh, I'm going to go reference those same preseason predictions that I already discredited by saying that I think Utah is going to be in the playoffs. But I did say I think Stetson is in is in New York for the Heisman. I don't know that he wins it. Uh, but, you know, I think that, A, uh, you know, f- first of all, if he plays like he did yesterday against, you know, everybody else, uh, he, th- those are numbers that, that get people invited, um, you know. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I also think the, the storyline of, of Stetson's career, his trajectory, uh, you know, his path to playing time, that's going to be appealing. So I don't know that he wins it. I, I would not say that he wins it, but it would not surprise me. It would not shock me if he were in New York, I, I think that it would surprise me a little bit. That's why I had it as a bolder prediction. Um, but you know, if, if, would I be completely shocked? No, I'm, I'm not faking my own death over this one. Archie <laughs> Griffith, Bryce Young. Someone, someone on the board mentioned the fact that the fact that Stetson would be a great story and look, he'll need the stats. He'll need the plays. He'll need the Heisman moment. Maybe he already kind of showed a preview of what that could look like yesterday on that scramble touchdown throw to Ladd McConkey. But if y'all watch the Manti Teo documentary, Manti Teo, you could argue, was elevated to New York because he had a good story. Now, that story was But if Stetson has a good story, he continues to rack up the stats. He continues to make plays like this. I'm with, I'm with Palmer, man. I won't be surprised if I see him with the tux and they bring Uga back up to New York in that uh, dog tuxedo. Well, I mean, That'd let's be, be honest. I'm, I'm not going out on a limb saying he won't do it. There's like, I don't know, 800 college football players. They're not going to do it, but there's um, more than that, Jake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you got 130 <laughs> FBS pro teams, 85 per team. Yeah. There's quite a few, uh, you know, there's over a thousand guys who aren't going to do it. Um, but, you know, I will say this. I mean, you know, when Palmer brought up the idea of getting invited to Atlanta, I mean, not to Atlanta, to New York. I, I think that could happen. I think that could happen. And if that happens, Palmer and I are going to have to do paper, rock, scissors to, get to go see who go gets to cover the Heisman. So, uh, Here's uh, Stetson after the game. To your comfort level with Coach Munkin at this point and talk to the game plan he had today and how he called it today. Yeah, I thought he was aggressive. I thought um, we went quick. I think probably need to get a little in a little bit better shape for some you know. uh Me too. But uh, – yeah, I thought I thought it, I thought it was really well executed. Um, again, I, I think we were prepared and we were ready to go out there and you know execute. Simple as that. You just got to execute, guys. Um, all right, final thoughts here before we put a pin in the Ducks, move on to Sanford and the rest of this Georgia season. Um, what do you guys ultimately take away from this game, Ro? I really liked what you put on the board. If you can only sum up this game in one thought, what was it? Palmer, you can start. So I've, I've gone back and I've rewatched the first six drives of the game, uh, all six that Stetson was in there for. And, um, you know, obviously they score a touchdown in all six of those. I think that overall he just looks incredibly comfortable. 
you know, I, I think that the weapons that are around him are talented. Are they the most talented? Uh, you know, I don't I don't know that they're the most talented skill players in the country. I don't think Georgia has a, you know, a, a Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, at, at wide receiver. They don't have a, a you know, a, a Jameer Gibbs at running back. They've got good guys. They've got really good guys. Uh, but and, and incredibly talented guys, dependable guys. They don't have a ton of depth with those guys, but they have really good guys. And and I think that Stetson felt comfortable, uh, you know, based off of the the bulk of work that he got this off season. Uh, you know, the, the confidence that the coaches have in him. Um, you know, he he looked comfortable. It, it looked like uh, you know he was ready to go. Um, you know, kind of talking about that swagger. Um, you know, I, I wrote about it that AJ McCarron said it today, but he's carrying that swagger, uh, you know, from, from, you know, the national championship and that playoff run into this season. So I think he looks really comfortable. I think this all, as a result, this offense looks really good. Um, you know, I, I said it yesterday to a couple friends, you know, I, I think that they could be name a number good. I think that they could be, uh, you know, that they, they can put up points, uh, you know, at, at any time. Um, you know, they've, they've got a defense on the other side of the ball that's, that's a little bit been questioned a little bit. They certainly answered some of those questions, but it was more of a bend but don't break approach. Uh, but I think that overall the offense uh, really, you know, it made a lot of Georgia fans comfortable because Stetson was comfortable. It, it all comes down to getting better. And, I, you know, I know that that's kind of coach speak thing, but the best teams, the championship football teams, they get better as the season goes on. I think that's what doomed Alabama last year. Um, Alabama, I mean, we can rebuild and re-schmilden. Mm-hmm. That's really, a great marketing tactic from Saban right there. Yeah, I don't – I mean, yeah, I don't believe in that. I mean, you know, they, they went to the transfer portal and got a stud wide receiver, and they had a stud wide receiver coming back. And I know Bryce Young was young, but he won the Heisman. Um, you know, I mean, you, you look at them from top to bottom. Um, it's a very talented football team. But as Saban pointed out, uh, they didn't get better as a football team because there were guys that were next man up that just kind of mailed it in. And, you know, I think that doomed Alabama last year. And it can doom Georgia this year if mm-hmm. the Bulldogs don't get better as the season goes on they need guys like dylan bell and you know eric gilbert was a guy that was asked about eric gilbert hasn't you know if you want to know why eric gilbert wasn't in there oscar delp out snapped him because oscar delp finished preseason camp on a higher note than than eric gilbert did he earned the time and eric gilbert whenever he finds that level of consistency he'll be there but georgia needs people like him and dylan bell and uh, Denylon Morissette, Jackson Meeks, um, you know, backup offensive lineman, backup defensive lineman, Bear Alexander, young guys, old guys, they need everybody to get better because if if they're going to win a championship, they've got to be the team that gets better as the season goes on, and this team can do something special. I didn't necessarily believe that was the case. Uh, I picked them to go 12 and on the regular season just because I think this schedule is incredibly workable. Yeah. But I didn't really, I, I didn't believe that a a repeat was all that possible i really believe it's it looks attainable it it looks attainable now it really does but georgia's got to get better so my one thought is two names i don't know if that's allowed but i'm going to go with the two max uh mcconkey and mcintosh and those two guys that's that's right irishman Uh uh-huh separated at birth uh (laughs) those two guys the two max baby 
that is some dynamic stuff that Todd Munkin is floating out there, and it's not even fair when the running back is the leading receiver and McConkie was the leading rusher for a little bit. You don't even know what to do. You are Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands against that, man, and good luck trying to stop yeah. it. I, I mentioned the, the point differential of Georgia potentially going down with the defense taking a step back. But if Georgia's offense keeps humming like this, it might not matter. I mean, Georgia's defense might give up more points per game. Doesn't look like they <laughs> were on that course against Oregon, obviously, but you never know what could happen later on in the season. But if Georgia's offense keeps just putting their, their foot on people's necks, it won't matter. That point yeah. differential, that game control can be just as impressive this season as it was last year. Um, one last thought, guys. Uh, Malachi Starks, what yeah. a bright spot. What a bright spot in a moment at a position of need. Uh, that's a scary thing, too. If Georgia's freshman, if Georgia has a guy like Will Anderson, a freshman defensive player that nobody really expected to be an X-factor but ends up being one of the best in the game, I'm not saying Malachi Starks is after one interception, but holy cow, that pick is hard to ignore. Yeah, that they've still got to stay really healthy at that position, though, because you know you could argue that one of the biggest downfalls uh, for Georgia in that SEC championship game was the fact that they were dealing with a very diminished Chris Smith in that game, who came back in the playoff and kind of made a difference for them. So they still got to stay really healthy um, at at that position. And uh, you know, I like that you brought up Lad too because uh, he was blending smoothies out there yesterday. He was just putting guys. What did you say in, he was putting them in a blender? He was, yeah, he was blending smoothies out there, dude. He had them in the food processor. Yeah, he's he was up the Smoothie King. Yeah, Smoothie King, Lad McConkey. <laughs> uh, good stuff, guys. Um, great work this weekend. Don't pat yourself on the back too hard, though. We got the Sanford Bulldogs coming to town. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. Again, want to remind you about the $1 for one year special over at dogshq.com. I don't know how long that's going to last. I have no idea. They don't tell me that kind of stuff, but. I do know it's up right now. If you aren't taking advantage of it, go ahead and do it. Um, a lot of premium stuff coming out this week, obviously, oh, yeah. and news from the team. Just because it's Sanford doesn't mean that we don't have you covered from top to bottom over there. Um, appreciate you guys' time. If you missed the bulk of this live stream, I saw a big bump come in at the end of this thing. Uh, it will post, and you can rewatch it. Uh, and certainly uh, encourage you to engage, comment, because we still see the comments, and we'll – uh, hit you back with what we know in the comment section as well. Wes, one thing real, real quick, uh, because I won't get to say anything about it until we have a show again. Uh, film breakdown of this game coming on Tuesday. Um, I like to kind of have like a third or a fourth time to kind of watch it. We'll be dissecting some plays, turning, uh, looking at kind of what was new uh, from Todd Munkin and that type of thing. Uh, one of the things we'll be bringing to our uh, to our um, plus subscribers. So come and check that out on Tuesday. Again, like Wes said, $1. That's all it takes. Come see it, see if it's worth it. Palmer, any final thoughts before we put a pin in this thing, my man? No. Uh, last thought here <clears throat> for me would be just looking at this team. Uh, you know, the, I, it seems like there's a they're, they're having fun out there playing. At least they were yesterday. Um, there's a, it felt like there was a monkey off their back, you know, getting that national championship. Uh, you know, last year kind of felt like with everybody that returned, uh, if they didn't do it, then when were they going to do it? Well, they got that monkey off their back. Now they're playing football and they're playing damn good football. Amen to that. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your evening. 
Uh, by the way, to Roe and all the other Braves fans out there, uh, on Outsiders Marty Smith podcast, we got Austin Riley coming up on the show this week. So that's oh, yeah. an exciting uh, bit of news there. Can't wait to hear from him as the Braves continue to make their playoff push. And, hey, repeat is on our minds over here. You never know what could happen. You never know. Never know. All right, y'all. Have a good night. We'll catch you next time.